0: Over the course of my life, I have found that it is very therapeutic to write down my feelings when things are hard or when things are emotional. It helps me sort out my own thoughts and helps to put them into perspective for somebody else who may not quite understand where I'm coming from. This is another incident in my life that I put into words on paper that I was later asked to read in a recording in my own voice so that someday, hopefully many, many years from now, we can sit back and listen to this story and be grateful for the outcome. Every woman has an idea of what childbearing will be like. We all imagine the weight gain of pregnancy, the discomfort of a big baby bump, the pain of labor, and the joy of delivery. What we don't typically imagine is, what if something goes wrong? On top of that, I personally never really imagined what it would feel like as a mom to watch my daughter go through a pregnancy, the pain of labor, much less, what if something went wrong on october 22nd 2018 i stood next to my beautiful daughter stroking her hair as she lay in a hospital bed i had rubbed her back during contractions and reminded her to breathe for the previous 36 hours we were all tired nervous anxious excited and scared all wrapped up into one beautiful moment of time each of us were already so in love with the precious precious baby boy that she was trying to deliver into this world I selfishly marveled in the beauty of my daughter totally drunk on pride for being her mom but totally unaware and unprepared for what was about to happen After many excruciating hours of labor, Katie's time to push had finally come. That's when things started to go wrong, terribly wrong. Baby was stressed. Her precious little boy that she had fiercely loved and protected inside of her womb for 41 weeks was in danger. Serious, life-threatening danger. Time was no longer Katie's friend and had left her with precious few minutes to act. Faced with grave danger for her baby, my daughter, my sweet little girl, kicked into warrior mode. In that moment, I saw a flash of fear in her eyes that she quickly cultivated into strength and determination. She was not going to let anything happen to that little boy. I watched as my exhausted daughter selflessly sacrificed herself to save her child, and she did it instinctively, as if her body had no value compared to the child she was carrying. She sacrificed herself and saved her baby, my grandson. Cason, in all of his glory, came into this world in a brutal way, not knowing it was all at a price his mother was so willing to pay. Well, the many doctors and nurses worked on baby, getting him to wake up, getting him to breathe, getting him to survive. I stood next to my precious angel, not wanting to leave her side. Katie was so tired, but I saw the love and pride in her eyes as she watched her son from across the room. She was more beautiful than I had ever seen her. I couldn't be more proud of her than I was in those moments slowly, I saw Katie's eyes start to gloss over. I watched her start to detach herself from the room, almost as if she was sort of falling into herself. It scared the hell out of me. At that very moment, though, the doctors who had finally stabilized baby allowed Colby, a very proud daddy, to bring Cason over and lay him on top of mommy's chest, skin to skin. Katie's eyes. Flashed open, full of life. I saw the joy and happiness flickering so bright inside of her. The reaction from Kaysen was exactly the same as Katie's. They seemed to find strength in each other. For Kaysen, Katie's smell, her voice, her love was all he knew and was all he needed. For Katie, his skin on her skin, the sound of his breathing, his heart pounding against her chest was her much-deserving reward. I watched Kason thrive as he breathed Katie in. It was pure love, truly the most precious moment I have ever witnessed. Pure, honest, innocent love. Time seemed to slow momentarily, and sounds seemed to mute as I took in the vision of this incredibly sacred moment. Within seconds, however, I saw that look come across my daughter's face, a look of her falling inside of herself. Once again, I had an overwhelming feeling of fear, but this time I was unable to shake a cold feeling creeping up my spine. I knew with every ounce of my being there was something wrong. I kept asking the nurses if Katie was okay, and they just kept reassuring me that she was but it felt like time was slipping away and nobody was listening to me. I felt like I was on the outside screaming, but nobody could hear me. Everything was going too fast now. I wanted everyone to stop. I wanted time to stop. I just wanted to freeze that moment and savor every tiny detail of watching my daughter hold her son for the first time. But that's when I realized Katie was turning blue. Her lips were purple. She was dying right in front of me. I somehow made my voice heard and alarmed the nurses to what I was seeing. And once again, time was a mother's enemy. Only this time, it was my enemy. More doctors rushed in, more nurses, more needles, more IVs. It's all a bit of a blur now. But I remember watching them try to save my daughter's life. And there was literally nothing I could do. I was totally helpless. A spectator stuck in the middle of my worst nightmare. Unable to navigate the outcome and totally unable to wake up. And as if a cruel joke, that was when time slowed to an agonizing pace. That is when the medical staff couldn't move fast enough. I felt myself cracking. I felt the foundation of my soul breaking out from underneath me. I physically felt a ripping inside of me that cracked like lightning, shook like the most powerful earthquake, and hurt like no pain I have ever known. Then, time cruelly leapt into fast forward again, and they whisked Katie away telling us over their shoulders as they ran out with her that she needed to go to the operating room if they were going to save her life. I walked beside her bed for as long as I could, but stopped short to allow for them to easily maneuver her through the door. I didn't want to be in their way. I remember the look on her face. I remember the feeling of her hand slipping out of mine. I remember how purple her lips were and how blue her fingertips looked. I remember thinking, I may never see her again. I realized as they took her away that I was standing next to this huge pool of my precious daughter's blood. And there had been nothing I could do to stop what happened. Nothing I could do to help. I felt so completely broken. I have few memories between watching them wheel her away to the next time I saw Katie. I remember collapsing to my knees and realizing I was all alone. I had somehow gotten away from everyone and I was all alone, left in the horrific pain of my own brokenness. I remember yearning to be with Katie, and I remember the brutal realization that I was very much alone in my fear as a mom for Katie. It truly wasn't until later that I recognized Colby's fear and emotions as being quite similar to mine, and even today I struggle with the guilt of not being there more for Colby during these dark and very lonely moments. I remember being utterly shocked and taken back at the way other people reacted. Some of them, they they expressed little to no concern for Katie. And they laughed and they talked about everyday bullshit that literally meant nothing in that moment of time. I remember wanting to scream at them. I remember wanting to scoop up my brand new grandson and run. I have no idea where I would have gone, but I wanted to run nonetheless. I wanted him away from everyone that didn't seem to care about what was happening. I wanted Kaysen in a safe place of love and loyalty to the warrior princess that just sacrificed herself for his life. I felt like that's where Kaysen would want to be if he could express himself, someplace sacred to his mom. Then I remember somebody bringing Riker in to meet Kaysen. And it happened to be in the room where Katie had just battled in a war for her life. I remember being so upset that nobody else seemed to notice all of Katie's blood. And nobody seemed to care that Riker would see it. I remember quickly covering the mess with a huge blanket in order to keep Riker from being scared. And then I remember vividly Riker melting into my arms in a hug that literally snapped me back to holding all of my broken pieces together. I remember a nurse coming and taking us away. She informed us that Katie wasn't doing very well. The doctors were trying to stabilize her in order to transport her to a different hospital, more equipped for such a severe and serious situation. I remember the nurse saying that in Katie's lucid moments between passing out, all she wanted was to see her boys, all three of her boys. She wanted to see them before being transported to the other hospital. Katie was worried about Riker. She didn't want him to be afraid. Once again, my daughter was selflessly sacrificing herself for a child. In this case, a child she didn't bear, but loves as purely as if she had. I remember being amazed by my daughter's love and devotion to her family. I remember silently praying in that moment that God would recognize her sacrifices her loyalty and her love, and I prayed he would give her a fighting chance to live. Then they wheeled Katie by us and fast forward as we told her that we loved her. She stole gentle touches of her boys as they rushed her away. Not sure how I got to the other hospital, but I ended up there, leaving Kason and Riker in the care of their dad. Again, this is one of these things I'm fighting the guilt of. I feel guilty for leaving Colby alone, and all of his brokenness, and his inability to be in two places at once. After hours that felt like days of waiting, crying, and praying. While they worked on my child, I was finally reuni- reunited with Katie. She looked so tiny. She was so fragile. She had tubes and wires everywhere, but she was alive. Praise God, my little girl was alive. I'm unsure of how many blood transfusions Katie had or how many people contributed to saving my daughter's life, but I am genuinely grateful for each and every one of them. My poor little peanut weathered a horrendous storm. She is and will forever be my warrior princess. Although she won the war that day, her battle continues. Damage to her kidneys due to the severity of her blood loss will likely haunt her for the rest of her life. But by the grace of God, my daughter will live a beautiful life. She will raise her boys and teach them to fiercely love and protect their loved ones. My princess will raise her boys to be warriors.